0: Hello everyone. It is Sunday, December 18th here in Magnolia, Texas. My name is Tom Kuntz and this is episode 47 of my Snuckcast. Today I want to talk about faith and when it really matters. So with that, let's get started. On February 14th, 1997, we started building our home in Magnolia, Texas. Well, that wasn't the actual day the building started, but it was the day that we closed on the construction loan. And within days, the lot was cleared and the foundation was framed. It was an exciting time for us. We were living in Kingwood at the time and it had been since returning from our assignment with Shell at Norco Louisiana Refinery in 1989. We had long felt a pull of the Northwest area of Houston, having looked a number of times in Tomball for a home and some land, but it wasn't until we found Indigo Lake Estates out in Magnolia that we actually had the courage to take action. We would try to get out to Magnolia, about 50, 50 miles due west of Kingwood every weekend. When the house started to take shape, we agreed with our builder that we would do the cleanup each weekend. This would save a little money in the construction cost and allow us to be part of the building experience. Each weekend we would take pictures of the progress. It was an exciting time for our family. Our initial thinking was that we would put our home on the market and find a place to rent while our house was being built. However, with seven children we soon learned that that option was not even available to us. It was impossible to find an apartment where nine people could live. The max was always six, meaning that we would have had to have rented two apartments and that made no sense to us and really wasn't affordable. We looked around for homes, but everything was an annual lease and we only needed six months. We even checked with the new modular home rental community in Magnolia, but they only offered six month leases as well. And by the time we checked with them, we only needed three to four months. We ultimately decided there was nothing else to do but stay in our existing home until our new home was completed and then try to sell or even rent our home at that point. It was a little scary because we knew we couldn't afford two house payments, but the feeling that we needed to move to Magnolia was so strong that our faith exceeded our fear. And on that Friday in February, we signed the paperwork. In 1997, the housing market wasn't great. It was indeed a buyer's market, making it that much more difficult to sell. At some point, we figured that our only option was to rent the home with the potential for a purchase. So sometime around the end of May, with our home in Magnolia, about a month away from completion, we put a listing in the Houston Chronicle and began to take calls. Not long after listing it, we were contacted by a man, his wife, and her mother who were very interested in the home. The wife's father worked on an oil rig, so he was gone for extended periods of time. So they had figured that the mother would live with them and help pay for the lease. We felt like it was a solid deal and so they gave us some earnest money and we signed an agreement two weeks before our home was to close and we were feeling really good about how things were working out then came the bombshell one week later when the wife called us and told us that her husband had run off with another woman and they could no longer afford the house and could she please get her earnest money back because it was from her parents and they were no longer going to support the deal i told her that if we could get it rented out again that i would give her the money back which despite the rest of this story we actually did return to her so we redoubled our prayers even as some level of panic began to set in here we were a week away from closing on our new home and we had no renters for documentation purposes we had to have a lease we had to have a lease for our old home Of course, which we still had from the young couple and her parents, but we knew it wasn't any good. We explained this to the mortgage company, but I think at that point they just wanted to close the deal. So they accepted the original lease, and we closed. But for us, the pressure just mounted. A few days later, I got a call from a man that wanted to lease the home. I don't remember the story he told me, but it sounded pretty good. He was already living in Kingwood and needed to move immediately. He had given me a good reason, but I don't remember what it was now. I told him I would require the first month's payment in cash and a reference from his existing renter. He told me that wouldn't be a problem. I guess I should have known something was fishy when a woman called me a couple of days later, claiming to be his landlord and giving him rave reviews as a renter. I still felt uneasy, but we were in a bind, and he did offer to pay cash for the first month's rent. He explained that he power-washed driveways, and therefore owned his own business and did very well at it. In fact, he said he would be happy to power wash our driveway for free once he moved in. We were undecided, and I felt like I had not received any direction from heaven one way or the other on the matter. Seems like a couple of more days passed. He called me several times during that period, expressing his need for a decision because he had to move. My recollection is that on the day we decided to go ahead with the deal, we were on our way to Kingwood and stopped at the stop sign at the end of our street on Bayberry Creek Drive and I offered one more heartfelt prayer about whether we should do this again nothing from the heavens I then began to reason how this must be an answer to our prayers I mean we were desperate and perhaps Heavenly Father really had directed this man to bail us out of a difficult situation so we should just go with it I mean if he had the cash and a good reference then it must be right We proceeded to Kingwood, met the man, got his money, and signed the lease. Phew, we were saved, or so we thought. Within days of him moving into our home, we received a call from one one of the parents on our daughter's soccer team. Somehow, they had found out that their former renter had moved into our home, and they had called to warn us that he had just moved out of their home and had taken the refrigerator with him, and that he could not be trusted to make the payments. They had called the police and wanted to have him arrested. Uh oh. A few days later, we called one of the neighbors that lived across the street from the house and asked if everything in the neighborhood was okay with the new renters. The sense we got from her was that it was not okay, and the neighbors were not happy about this guy seems like people were coming and going all night long and it was not a stable situation in fact they indicated he had already broken the gate on the side of the house where he had had a boat stored and when pulling it out quickly broke the pole and had done nothing to repair it we were getting more and more concerned then about a week later this neighbor called us back and said that last night the cops had been to our home and arrested this guy Apparently, he was notorious for battle, buying electronics and then writing hot checks. The cops told her that he was storing these stolen goods in our attic. Ugh. Now we had to do something and do it quickly. So we drove over to Kingwood the next morning, I think it was a Saturday morning, and we posted a notice on the door that he was evicted and had to be out of the home the next day. When we called a neighbor the next morning, she confirmed that he had indeed been moving stuff out of the house in the middle of the night. So we went back to check, and while nearly everything was out, there was still a refrigerator and a few belongings which we moved out to the end of the driveway. After we left, he came back, took the rest of his stuff, and we never heard from him again. He had damaged the fence-he had damaged the fence, and the attic opening had been roughed up pretty bad. But in the big scheme of things, we considered ourselves extremely lucky that he moved when we told him to, and no further damage was done. Hm, lesson learned. When the heavens are silent, that does not mean yes. Well, it was now the 1st of August and our home was empty again with no renter in sight. Then within a day or two, we received a call from some friends of ours, the Davis family, who were looking for some place to rent for a couple of months while the house they were moving into was being refurbished. They had made an arrangement to rent another home, but when the owner found out they had five kids, he refused to honor the agreement. They were stuck we were stuck so we agreed to let them live there for two months that would give us time to put a listing back in the newspaper and get someone in that would be longer term i think this proved to be a nice miracle for both of us so we listed the house again for rent in the houston chronicle and sometime in late august or early september we received a promising phone call from a couple who were interested in our home he seemed very articulate and intelligent on the phone and really wanted us to meet his family and talk about a possible deal they were living in umbel so we agreed to meet them halfway which turned out to be at the woodlands mall up in the food court they were a very nice couple he was black she was white they had two adorable young children we talked for about an hour i liked them i started to drill down a bit on their situation when i found out that he smoked i told him he could not smoke in our home absolutely not allowed he said that would not be a problem they wanted to buy the home eventually on some sort of lease purchase agreement when we left i explained we would need a deposit in the first month's rent and i needed a reference or a credit check of some sort he indicated that wouldn't be a problem either a couple of days later he called to talk about smoking in the home and the credit check he said if they were going to buy the home why would it matter and that if they ended up not buying it They would pay to have the carpets and draperies cleaned. I was not convinced. Then he told me that I needed to know that they had had a bankruptcy recently, and that their credit report wasn't that good, but they had turned over a new leaf, and this was the home they knew was right for them. When I found out about the bankruptcy, alarm bells went off in my head. Put that together with the insistence to smoke in the home, and I knew it was not going to work. We had been praying about whether we should lease to them, and the heavens again were silent. We had been down this road before, so I was already convinced that they weren't the right renters. And when he told me about the bankruptcy, it was easy to tell them no. But his reaction was one of anger. He immediately claimed that I was prejudiced because they were a mixed-race couple, and that was why we wouldn't rent to them. No matter what I said about my problem was the bankruptcy and the smoking, he wouldn't listen. He raised his voice. Chewed me out, or at least that's how it seemed to me. Told me I was to blame for his family not having a place to live. And then slammed the phone down. Well, this landlord thing was not working out so well for us. But through the experiences I was having, I was beginning to understand the still small voice in a way that I had never understood it before. Telling this man no was hard for me but I had received a phone call from another guy a couple of days earlier that was interested in the home. So I knew I had a backup option. A man who was being transferred to Houston, taking a job with Houston lighting and power had called. So when this last deal fell through, I called him back to see if we could work something out. He was a senior manager and they were in the process of building a home and needed to rent a place for seven months. I told him I was really looking for a 12 month contract. He indicated they would even be willing to pay a premium to lease it for a shorter period of time. This was Saturday evening. On Sunday, LaDonna and I fasted and prayed about whether to rent to this man and his family. While not the deal we wanted, because it was not someone who wanted to purchase the home eventually, it was definitely someone we felt we could trust. But as we fasted and prayed, again there was no burning bosom, and in its place was that same, recognizable, empty feeling from the earlier experiences. At this point, we were absolutely committed to obeying the spirit of the Lord because we had already learned the consequences of not doing so. So I called this man and told him, no. It was a hard call to make because I couldn't tell him that the spirit had told me not to rent to him. So all I had was that I didn't want the seven month contract. He was not very happy either, but at least he didn't slam the phone down. Well, it was in that moment when I told him no, that I realize now that my faith really mattered. Faith was easy when I had a backup option. Faith is always easier when the stakes are small, such as when we have faith that the lesson or talk we prepared will go well, or even when we have faith that someone else will get well or get a job. I mean, our faith matters in those situations, but the impact to us personally is often minimal. For me, it was another complete matter to know I had someone who was all ready to move in on October 1 and pay me for seven months versus having no one and not being able to make two house payments. In that moment, we felt totally dependent upon the Lord for his help. We had listened to the spirit and now we needed help. The clock was ticking. After hanging up from that last call, I just sat and pondered on what we were going to do next. I then remembered that Ladon had mentioned that a week earlier, A woman had called from California about the home. She hadn't thought much about it because we thought we were going to do a lease purchase agreement with this couple we had met, but she thought she remembered having written the number down, now if she could just find it. Miraculously, she was able to find the phone number on the back of a piece of scratch paper that should have been thrown away. I felt like even though a week had already passed that I should should call this woman. So, on this Sunday evening, after fasting and praying all day, I called her. I told her the house was, was still available and was wondering if they were interested. She said that they were. I said, okay. And then, still smarting a bit, I think from the recent experience with the smoker, I said something like, but you can't smoke in our house. It was then me who was surprised when she said, I don't know if you know anything about the LDS church, but we are members of that church and we don't smoke well to make a long story short this family was to be on a house hunting trip in the next week and wanted to see the home they hadn't really found anything else thus far that appealed to them he had just taken a job with enron and they were moving from california to houston they weren't in a position to buy a home so they needed to rent for a few years but ultimately that was their goal as we prayed about that about this family that night after a difficult weekend with potential renters It was as if our souls were filled with light. We knew this was the family that would lease our home. So they came and saw the house. The neighbor across the street happened to be from the same town in California that they were moving from. When she saw the wallpaper border in one of the bedrooms, she said it was the same border they had in their home in California. They loved the home and we ended up renting it to them for three years. They would write checks out in six-month increments and send them to us so that they were never late at the end of three years they purchased the home for a favorable price and we were both happy well what a painful yet powerful lesson the months of june through september turned out to be for us and especially for me during that time despite the difficulties we were paid for every single day we did not lose any money even though there was a bit of cost in regards to our time valuable teaching time I might add when I was called to be the bishop in the Magnolia ward on November 9, 1997 four months after we moved into our home in Magnolia the lessons I personally learned about listening to and obeying the spirit about having faith when it really matters and the power of fasting and prayer served me and I hope the members of the ward well how grateful I was for a kind and loving father in heaven who invested such time and effort in me to help me learn these valuable lessons in an effort to make me a more effective father and priesthood leader. I hope I have in some small way lived up to his expectations. Well, there's two scriptures that I believe reinforce this principle of faith that matters. The first is in 1 Nephi chapter 7, verse 12. Here's what it says. Yea, and how is it that ye have forgotten that the Lord is able to do all things according to his will, for the children of men if it so be that they exercise faith in him wherefore let us be faithful to him well my experience is that when we have done all that we can when we have been faithful and sought his will and his help and we have nothing more we can do this is when miracles happen when we are willing to press forward to the edge of the light and then take a few steps into the darkness it is in the very moment when we cannot see the next step that he does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. The second scripture is well known from Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For me, faith that matters is a result of hope for something that we cannot see initially. But once we have exercised that faith, the evidence becomes clearly visible. Such was the case for us when we can only hope for an outcome without the ability to make it happen, and, that, and when that outcome is of extreme importance to us, and when we have been faithful in following the Spirit of the Lord in order to follow His will, then will He move mountains in our behalf. There was one other lesson that I learned through this tutoring period. Heavenly Father does His best work when there are disparate yet matching needs. In the case of the Davis family, they had need for a short-term housing, for short-term housing, and we had an immediate need for a short-term tenant, and it seemed that Heavenly Father must have inspired them to contact us. In the case of the final lease and ultimate sale to this LDS family from California, they had a very specific need, and we had a very specific need, and he inspired them to call us from an online ad, and then inspired LaDon to first write down their phone number, and then to not throw The wallpaper border and the neighbor being from the hometown were just evidences to both of us that this was the answer to both families' prayers. That concludes episode 47. Thank you so much for listening. Faith that matters is the most important faith of all. I have learned that this is the type of faith that I must nourish and ultimately develop there is no consequence for a failure of faith, and we never really put our faith to the ultimate test. Until next week.